0: His name is Heston Blumenthal. He is one of the most inquisitive and creative chefs on the planet, with a knowledge of food quite unlike anyone else. And now Heston is taking us on a journey to the centre of food, deep inside ingredients and dishes we all recognise to reveal the hidden secrets, history and stories inside them, and hopefully change how we view cooking and eating forever. Hello Heston, good to see you. How are you doing?
1: I'm very good, Jay.
0: You? I'm very good, but what obviously people won't realise is just the fact that we've just had half an hour of internet pain trying to join each other on this call. So we'll just pretend everything's fine and this is how it's really easy, isn't
1: it? Yeah, it is. I've seen you walking around with with, with your computer and all your paraphernalia upstairs, downstairs. Meanwhile, James is sitting there looking very pretty and very (laughs) pleased with himself.
2: Hi James, how are you? I'm very good. I haven't had to go
1: anywhere. (laughs) <laughs> I've just sat here. One podcast. Let's let's all three of us try and walk around to find the be- the best Wi Fi reception, <laughs> internet reception. That'd be really
0: interesting. Good Wi Fi live, and James is here as always to keep us on the right side of fact. We are going to be doing a show today, slightly different to our normal show, because today's show is all inspired by a quote from Roald Dahl Heston. Do you want to expand a little bit more on that?
1: Yeah, well, I'm, not, um, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to say the quote verbatim, but. Basically, I read a few years ago in a book, Roald Dahl wrote, and he said that rather than learning about the kings and the queens of England or famous composers, we should really learn about the history of chocolate and in particular chocolate bars. And this really stuck with me. and I thought, well, why? It actually makes complete sense because all of us have a relationship with chocolate bars and chocolate bars that were invented way before we were, we were born, but they're still there. They're part of our childhood. They're part of our adulthood. And we have such an amazing kind of connection with the great chocolate bars of this world. Music and art can, can be profound. It can change our lives. But if we don't listen to music that we like or we don't see a piece of art that, 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 that we really connect with, we're not gonna die. We might be more miserable. However, if we don't eat, then, then, yeah, that's a very different state of affairs. So our relationship with food is so precious. And our memory, our nostalgia, and our childhood, and our childhood memories of what we eat is so precious. And, you know, like it or not, chocolate bars run through all of us like a thread that is woven through the fabric of our infancy.
0: Well, there you are. And that is a perfect way of saying what we're going to be doing today is we are going to be stepping through the history of our most iconic chocolate bars. We're going to be revealing when they were invented. Heston's going to be revealing some of the, his thoughts on, on the chocolate bars themselves. And then in the end, I'm hopefully going to try and push Heston to put together his, his top three or even his top one, which I appreciate is not easy, but I thought it'd be a bit of fun we could, we could do at the end as we delve deeply into our uh, river of chocolate inspired by Roald Dahl, which feels like quite a fun place to play right now.
1: It most certainly does. So I'm looking out the window thinking, how the hell am I gonna say my favorite? As we know, and we'll cover them, some of them in this process. I think it's quite exciting for me that Jay, you and I have been on a journey over the years of um, reliving childhood memories. And some of the times you've rewritten my childhood memories. However, (laughs) when it comes to the chocolate bars, uh, we, I have made like the largest chocolate bar in the world, I think, and the largest Kit Kat in the world, and etc., etc., etc. So it's such an amazing thing with memory. When you, when, when you, the more you share memories around an object, so an object being a particular chocolate bar, the more magical that chocolate bar can become. You don't have to eat it all the time. This is the beauty of storytelling and memory and imagination.
0: There we are. And that's going to be an interesting thing on this as well, because I found glancing through this list, it really, really surprising uh, when these things were invented. It really changes how you view them. So let's dive straight in. The first chocolate bar was apparently invented in 1847, and that was Mm -hmm. Quaker Joseph Fry and the Fry Bar.
1: Yes. Um, And like everything, he didn't just invent the chocolate bar from nothing what's incredible there are certain things that me as a chef love to hang on to with desperation with real big hug when it comes to food and that's world first one of them is the fact that the french nickname for us is le gros beef not because they take the mick out of a love for roast beef and yorkshire pudding i think that's what people think it's because we taught them how to cook meat over an open fire major impact in cooking also us Brits invented the first modern-day chocolate bar we invented it that's incredible Um, but just very very briefly tracing back so that was sort of around about 1850 you go back a one 200 years that chocolate came from somewhere it really came from South America uh, there was Christopher Columbus and the Portuguese There's lots of stories behind this we can touch in another podcast. But the original chocolate uh, dish that we know of that was discovered was a very grainy drink made with ground-up cocoa beans and chili and spices. It was not sweet. It was granular. It would be interesting to most of us today. However, I can't imagine us having that wonderful nostalgic connection that we have with chocolate bars. So fast forward back to the 1850s, roughly... Within a short period of time, there was a Dutch guy, James will tell me the name, that had invented a technique and piece of kit for making modern-day chocolate. So when we eat a chocolate bar, one of the wonderful things about chocolate is its texture and the way it melts in the mouth. It can start off crisp. You might prefer it in the fridge, but then it just it gently melts under the heat of our mouth. Now, if you take cocoa nibs, cocoa beans, and do that, it doesn't do that. So, What you've got in a bar of chocolate, or in cocoa, you have cocoa solids, um, cocoa fat, or butter. And before this Dutch guy came along, who James will very kindly give us his name. Conrad Van Herten. Conrad Van Herten, thank you. um, Everything was grainy. It was grainy. We wouldn't like the chocolate if it was that grainy. He... He realised that if you split the fat out from the cocoa solids, so you have cocoa butter, and then you have cocoa solids, and then he developed a process to recombine them, to emulsify them, a bit like making a vinaigrette. Then you had this really rich, creamy, chocolatey, cocoa-y, buttery chocolate. And that was the birth, gave birth to the modern-day chocolate bar, um, which I think was 18...
0: 47 1847 for the for the fry bar but interestingly looking at that date the next relevant date in terms of chocolate bars we'd recognize is then well over 50 years later 1905 And yeah. what I think of as kind of the daddy of the granddaddy of all chocolate is dairy milk is introduced now this is obviously a big change again to chocolate isn't it because the addition of milk which what I yeah. believe our European friends say is not good so
1: so just I just finishing off on the that first chocolate bar fries the fry family there was there were the handful of quaker families in britain Clark's, the shoe people there was was another one that were that were growing very big businesses and in the case of fries the quakers don't believe in in war and they don't drink alcohol and they had this idea that chocolate was a great kind of a bit like the armies and navies use beef to feed up the troops before battle well no battle no alcohol um chocolate gives you energy so they came up with what we i think jay you and i found this when we were doing the tv show uh, one of the tv shows um ox choc, which was a chocolate bar with beef extract in it um, and in fact, we've got one of the petty Fours at of the, of the Fat Duck, and it's on there now, is an ox chalk bar. It looks like a Mars bar, but it's got beef fat in it. And it was a bit surprising when we first came across that, but it kind of works if you get the balance right. So then fast-forwarding to dairy milk. I don't know if dairy milk would even pass regulations as chocolate today. Now, the chocolate companies might have an issue with this, and so they might have changed what they've done, but certainly... Do you remember the adverts for dairy milk? Is it like a glass and a half of milk in every single chocolate bar.
0: Yeah. M- that's a lot when you think about it. I just took that for granted no, it, as a kid. But now it's you milk, see it, that's a lot of milk. It's milk powder.
1: And if you cook... You know a bit like when you cook condensed milk, it goes a bit caramelly. There's milk powder. They put milk powder... I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. But they've, they've added... They added powdered milk or milk concentrate or whatever you want to call it into the mix. And what they did was create this balance between... Yeah, you know, you've got the adult nature of um, bitter chocolate, but they created this creamy, slightly sweeter, milky chocolate bar that really, I think, gave birth to the to the modern chocolate bar that we that we know today and Dairy Milk. And in fact, one of my favourite chocolate bars as a kid was whole nut. So somebody decided to put hazelnuts into a Dairy Milk bar, and bingo. But when I was younger, fruit and nut. The raisins didn't didn't really do anything for me. Chocolate with nuts did.
0: See, I, I'm 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 I love dairy milk. But when you start putting nuts and raisins in it, it starts spoiling it for me. But I do think that dairy milk, there's something about the way it melts in your mouth that just makes it really special and i i I know what you mean it feels it feels different to when you have that sort of very pure dark chocolate it's almost a different product entirely right but it is what you associate with a chocolate bar
1: yeah there's a massive science actually now and and research being done and has been for a few years and so um and it's culturally different the micron size of the chocolate you know i mentioned a bit earlier that this this van or whatever his name was We've got this. Found that if you actually separate, you separate. It's like separating oil and water, and then mixing them back in a, in a different ratio. You can create different te- textured chocolates. So the micron size of the emulsion means how big or small those particles of are dispersed in in the whole mix of the chocolate bar. So, for example, the smaller the micron size of a chocolate bar, the smoother the chocolate. The bigger the micron size, the more grainy the chocolate. And you can, if you push the micros, the micron size too small. Um, well, too small for some people. Others love it. You end up with things like you know those chocolate prawns you can buy in the white box in airports. Ghirlanda, I think they're called. Oh yeah. They're like shrimps and prawns, and they're white, milky chocolate. They have an incredibly small micron size, but that chocolate can get stuck in your gums. They're a bit pasty. I know what you mean. Galaxy, the silky smooth chocolate, they have patented the micron size for Galaxy because it's got a particular texture to it and that's the micron size. Whereas if you take something like um, Caramac, which I used to love as a kid, that's basically crystallized white chocolate. White chocolate isn't technically chocolate. And you can crystallize it. It's a great thing to do at home. Just put a white chocolate bar in the oven. 100 odd degrees. Break it up. Leave it in there. Don't let it burn, take it out, let it dry, and it's like chocolatey, white chocolate, shortbread biscuit. But that was a Caramac, but it's grainy. It is completely grainy. So the chocolate companies, in their incredibly advanced technical wisdom, have been looking and surveying different cultures to see how much, when you talk about the chocolate bar melting in your mouth, how quickly do you want it to melt? And how do you want it to melt?
0: Because different countries, different temperatures, and I presume they make different Exa- dairy milk in different yeah. countries.
1: Exactly. And this is one of the beauties of chocolate. It's, the, it's, it's, a bit, it's what it does when you put it in your mouth. The smell and then the way it behaves. And you, you can sit there for, you know, some kids just want to sit there with it in, the, in their mouth and just let it slowly melt. And then others, no chance, just have a bite and swallow it and have yeah onto the next bite
0: this feels like another opportunity for us to persuade people in australia to send us things because i'd love to do a taste test for australian dairy milk versus british dairy milk but because
1: it... oh, great i've never done that I could be
0: completely i've never right? done that. i
1: know coca-cola changed the the sugar levels and probably some other levels depending on the, in, within different countries ah i know kit kat absolutely it's the only time i've done it kit kat In different regions, how the micron size—you can feel the chocolate is grainier from some countries than others, and also it's more bitter in some countries than others. That makes
0: sense. And that's the standard. Yeah, because it's it's it's, it's taste of a country. Oh, there we go. Exactly, and
1: actually, go back to Mexico. One of the most famous savory dishes in Mexico is called mole. And mole is basically a meat stew that you finish off with chocolate, bitter chocolate. You don't put dairy milk on there. Well, I suppose <laughs> you to try, but traditionally, you put a, just a small amount of bitter chocolate. Not so much that it tastes of chocolate. It just adds an extra level of richness. And there's many, many moles. You can anyone listening interested have a look look up mole. They do it with you can know, it with beef and chicken and pork and pigeon and they, there's there's hundreds of mole recipes.
0: Now, going continuing on our list, I, obviously, James supplied me with a brilliant long list, and I've kind of cherry-picked the top sort of 15 or so, I thought. Mm. 1908, controversial, Toblerone goes on sale, developed by <gasps> John Tobler uh, after the Swiss uh, uh, mountains. Are we letting Toblerone right. in?
1: I've got... I've, yeah, Toblerone definitely goes in. Definitely goes in because I love... It has to be in the fridge for me. Has to be.
0: No, it's so too it's hard,
1: Ben. You'll break your teeth. It's hard enough to eat anyway. Oh, just eat it slowly and put it in the fridge. Make sure the fridge isn't too cold, but colder I prefer, otherwise it can get pasty. But the Tobler own story is an interesting one. Mr. Tobler was from Bern in Switzerland and he wanted to make a chocolate bar that kind of resembled the Matterhorn. Now, um, Mr. now James, you might have to look this up while I'm talking because I might be missing a link. So Bern, in Switzerland, its coat of arms is a bear. It's a bear that's, that's, that's uh, up on its hind, le- hind legs. It looks like he's dancing. It's a, it's a, it's a, a bear standing up. And uh, so he... I don't know if his name Tobler had any connection, but I'll come back to that. But the, so, so it's a bear. So if you look on any bar of Toblerone, and any... Anyone listening, while you're listening, you can just easily access this. Just look it up on the internet. Look on a Toblerone bar, any Toblerone bar. What's the image on the bar? Other, out, outside of the text of Toblerone, what is the, what is the, there's like a logo. I'm going to say
0: mountains, right? I, off the top of my head, I'm yeah. guessing mountains.
1: Yeah. It's the Matterhorn. Now, if you look at that Matterhorn mountain, you will see on the left-hand side, embedded in the mountain a shadow of a bear up on its back two feet
0: oh really you can have a look now oh let me have a look
1: every have a look every single toberone bar doesn't matter what color it's in Let me see it's the jumping bear from the burn coat of arms it's oh on the left now you of the say it,
0: it's really obvious you got it but you wouldn't have seen i would never have seen that because it just looks like the snow and then as soon as you say it no it's a that's all you can see Oh, that's clever, isn't it? Yeah, I had no idea. How do you know these things? These are ridiculous things you know, isn't I, it? It's wonderful. wonderful. I, because I
1: just left, I left, school, I left school with poor enough results uh, <laughs> to leave enough empty space in my head to ask loads of questions.
0: <laughs> and I consider Tobler and a bar of chocolate exclusively bought at airports and ferry ports. It's the only time I've ever consumed it, is bringing it to and yeah, forth.
1: or sometimes in hotel rooms I might put it in your fridge.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, in the, the mini bar of Desire. Maybe luxury hotel rooms, <laughs> I like it. yeah, yeah. Now I just wanted to pause here, because obviously when we're talking about chocolate bars, personal preference is very important, and at the top of that list comes privacy. You don't want other people knowing what your favourite chocolate bars are unless you're prepared to share it with them. Well, the trouble comes if you start searching online for your favourite chocolate bars, you may be in trouble. Did you know that your internet service provider can see every site you've ever visited? Even if you use incognito mode, even if you clear your history, whether your provider is BT, Sky or all the others, in the UK they are required by law to store all your metadata from last year. But there is a solution. ExpressVPN is an app that reroutes and encrypts your internet connection through their secure servers so your internet provider can't see the sites you visit. Yes, you'll be able to search for ripples, topics and flakes in complete comfort and reassurance. We on this podcast use ExpressVPN on the computers that we do our recording on. Plus, also, we do use it for all the chocolate bar searches we do out there. And it is something that's really important to us. Privacy online. And something that we probably don't take seriously enough, but maybe need to look into a little bit more. ExpressVPN protects 100% of your data with best-in-class encryption. It runs seamlessly in the background with no lagging or buffering. It's easy to use. You just tap one button and you're protected. It's rated number one by CNET and Wired magazine and is available on all your devices, phones, computers and routers so your whole family can be protected under one subscription. We think this is a really good and useful thing to have anytime you're going to be using the internet which, let's be honest, is basically all the time nowadays. So go to expressvpn.com slash Heston and the great news is you can get an extra three months for free on a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash Heston. Expressvpn.com slash Heston and get protected right now so you can search for whatever chocolate bar you please. Right, back to our countdown. Walnut Whip in 1910, which feels, I don't know why Walnut Whip feels risque to me, but it feels quite early in 1910 to be inventing inventing the Walnut Whip.
1: I remember as a kid, we used to live in um, near Hyde Park, Paddington in London, and I had a local sweet shop which was my favourite. And I can remember where the walnut whip was on the shelf when I walked in. Right-hand side, bat head height. And I remember having them sometimes. I loved the thought of a walnut whip. And I loved, I think I liked the chocolate. I sort of semi-tolerated the... Slightly Gungy uh over with cream fondant in the middle. But that piece of walnut on the top was just a step <laughs> too far for me. But b- I wanted to love it. <laughs> now I should go and eat one because I, I really I like walnuts. So you like a pecan nut on there, I think it would be interesting and you did something to the cream. But it's interesting that that was a sort of that was a god, I wanna love this. And I each time I wanna love it, but I just
0: it was very it adult. It was just a step too very far adult. from me.
1: It, t- it was very adult. Yeah, walnuts are quite, you know, they're quite acidic and bitter. But yeah, I remember the box with a little plastic.
2: Um, you, could, you used to get two in a box. I'm going yeah, to guess window. they
0: don't exist now, though, do they? James, are they still around?
2: I believe they do, but then, yeah, in, in slightly different forms now. There's one with no walnuts. I got one in, I popped in to get a coffee
1: in a motorway service station. I think it was an M&S. And I noticed it because it was just before the till. Did you get one? And it was a walnut. It was a walnut whip, but they put caramel. In. I thought, oh, this looks really... No, I didn't, and I should have done. But it'll still be there. <laughs> yeah, they've got it'll a shelf still life of about sixteen but they,
2: years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As of twenty, as of this year, apparently there are three versions: the, the traditional, original, which comes without the walnut uh, and a mint and a caramel. Oh, I'm not sure about mint.
1: Oh, that's oh, you see, that's interesting. You and I, Jay, just pulled. I think I pulled the same faces I've seen you put, just seen you pull because of what we're used to. I'm going, it wasn't quite there for me, and then "Mm, not sure about me. (laughs) That's wrong, that's wrong. (laughs) So, there, so then we're, where are are we now? 1908, yeah, no,
0: 1910 was Walnut Whip, but then we're going to jump forward 10 years because I think we're starting to get into the heavyweight division now. Flake, yeah. nineteen twenty, a lot earlier. Uh, than
1: thought. Only the creamiest, <laughs> milkiest
0: chocolate,
1: chocolate. Like, No, only the creamiest, crumbliest chocolate. Tastes like chocolate. Never tasted before. Yeah.
0: Those adverts. Flake. I know. I know. Everyone says about them, those but...
1: adverts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Big <laughs> lips. And do and, you know? I, I love. Sometimes you look at marketing and they. Turn what is a could be a pain in the butt into something beneficial. So with a flake, it's so crumbly, and it goes all over your clothes, all over your trousers, everywhere. And if you try and brush it, brush it off, and it's a bit warm, you just then smear chocolate sauce over your trousers. <laughs> um. So <laughs> remember when they did that whole campaign where you use the yellow plastic wrapper as like a drain pipe. So so you eat the flake over the wrapper, and when you finished, you sort of, you sort of curve the wrapper and then you pour it all the little crumbly bits of flake into your mouth. Oh,
2: that's quite clever. And I remember
1: going to the Cadbury's um, to go to the chocolate factory near Slough and they showed us the flake machine. This is years ago. And I love, you know, seeing how things are made on, on, on mass. And it was, it was like a Willy Wonka waterfall. So you imagine you've got a river of chocolate sauce. As it falls over, there's a little flap you know those air conditioning units you put on the wall and they have the, the flap that opens and closes. A bit like that. But the the, the the actual gap was, I don't know, a mil, half a mil or something, and it just moved a bit. So as the chocolate, it waved the chocolate. So it was like a wavy chocolate waterfall. By the time it hit the the ground, they'd even calculated the time and temperature difference required so by the time it hit the ground it was set and then it would just crumble and then they'd package it all together now i'm sure i don't know i'm sure it started off as maybe it is possible that it started off as using up you know, yeah. stuff that yeah, leftovers from another chocolate bar.
2: Sounds like a mistake, doesn't it? Yeah. Officially, just you know, on, on, the Flake, on the Flake website, they, they, they say it was discovered by accident through that process. So someone else noticed what an incredible thing was happening at the edges of the chocolate moulds and how it was folding over itself.
1: I wonder if that's connected to um, Vionetta as well. You know, if that, did that inspire the wavy chocolate
2: thing? And I, do you know
1: what I love about what all we're talking about now? And I, I think it's the ritualization. When you talk about ritual, I don't know if you've got... Have you got cream egg in the list?
0: No, it doesn't count as a chocolate bar. No. Okay, well,
1: I just... just meant, what, what, the only reason I say that is because there's another massive marketing campaign, which was Cadbury's cream egg, how
0: do you eat yours? Kit Kat, how do you eat yours? Toblerone, how... Flake. Toblerone is how on earth do you eat a Toblerone? <laughs> <laughs>
1: What you do is you break one little triangle off and have a bite. What, you don't want you. Well, I guess what you do, Jay, in the excitement, you open mouth <laughs> and try and push the whole mountain range into <laughs> said mouth in one hit, exactly. and then you end up you end up garroting the top, the roof of your mouth with spiky pieces of chocolate.
0: Exactly. da.
1: And then you turn into the jumping bear.
0: <laughs> so that was Flake, and then three years later, nineteen twenty-three. Milky Way. The red car and the blue car had a race. Right. Milky Way. What was that one? Was What was it? It's the thing that doesn't fill you up between meals. That was Milky Way. That's another clever advertising campaign.
1: Yeah, the thing that doesn't fill you You're not going to ruin your... Eat this. <laughs> eat this. It's so good, you won't ruin your appetite. It means we can feed you chocolate. We can feed you chocolate and sugar. And you can still eat your dinner.
0: <laughs> to this day, when I eat one, it still feel, i still have that lodged in my head that it feels not like a proper chocolate bar. It feels too light. You and
1: can drink all this. You can drink all this alcohol, and you're not going to get drunk. It's
0: <laughs> <That's> amazing. Those <laughs> things amazing. are so lodged because they yeah. do it at a childhood. The fact that a Milky Way, which I'm sure has the same amount of sugar and volume and fat and, as the other chocolate bars, you think of as—it oh, doesn't really count. It's a Milky Way. That's yeah. That's not the same. And I
1: suppose it's also connected to what else was around at the time. And I, I know, and I read this actually, this is a, uh, I got this from Roald Dahl, that apparently Mr. Mars, uh, round about that time, or shortly after, his son graduated from one of the big universities in America, and wanted to go to the business. Mr. Mars said, this country ain't big enough for the both of us, son. And he gave him I don't know, 10 or 20,000 quid, or something like that. It would have been a lot of money in today's In today's world but he gave him the money and he gave him the recipe for I think it was for Milky Way and so mr Mars left flew flew, um, left or fled depending how you look at it America where did he go England and where in England slough beautiful why did he go to slough because he had an idea for Maltesers but he needed malt and I think the world's biggest producer of uh, a malted um, product was Mr. Horlick's. So he set up the Mars factory. He then developed the Milky Way because Milky Way was part of Mars, I think. I think the Mars evolved is you know, a more complex version of the Milky Way <clears throat> and set up next to Mr. Horlick's. So Mr. Mars became Mr. Horlicks' next-door neighbour because he
0: wanted all of his malts to be able to make Maltesers. This explains, actually, because looking at this timeline here, that there is a bit of a run on these bars now. So this, we're now about to hit the 1930s. So 1929, Crunchy goes on sale. Again, much earlier than I would have thought that one. And then a year after that, 1930, we've got Snickers, which obviously wouldn't have been called Snickers then, would it? It would be called Marathon. And Freddo, which...
1: Yeah, little frogs. but I was oh thinking that's I... much more recent. So, Freddo, to me... It, I, I haven't tasted them side by side. When I was a kid, Freddo was a cheaper way of getting a um, dairy milk.
0: Yeah, it was, isn't it? 10p. <laughs>
1: because <laughs> you, with your money, yeah, you could get a little... You could get a Freddo and get your hit. Um, and it
0: is Cadbury's, right? Freddo's Cadbury's, yeah? Yeah. And then we have Mr. Mars in 1932. The Mars bar goes on sale, which, you know, th- and... and there, there seems to be an incredible period of time here. We're, we're, we're into now, the 30s, when there's a big run on them being made. And the Mars bar, do you remember the um, slogan for that? Advert.
1: Well, it was, uh, I, yes, I do. And I, I wonder if, if, if Mr. Mars had anything to do with the first campaign for Milky Way, you can eat between meals. So, okay, Mars is going to better that. Because Mars can help you work, rest, and play. And Mars a day helps you work, rest, and play was the... Was the I couldn't remember. The, I've got the tune in my head. I wouldn't <laughs> sing it. But.
0: I wonder if that was around in the 30s when they invented it as well. Because that feels a little bit similar to things like, you know, how the Guinness was very much marketed as a thing that could fill you up and sustain you. I wonder if that was well, the slogan they had in the 30s or if that was more recent when they came up with that.
1: We'll go back to the Ox chalk. Fry's Ox chalk Bar. The very first chocolate bar was exactly marketed as that.
0: Yeah, it's all about we'll give sustaining Give you energy, sustain
1: you, you for the day. We'll
0: help you yeah. work, rest, and play. That's it, again, kids, isn't it? <laughs> Why do but you not, need to eat sleep? anything else?
1: <laughs> well, I suppose I suppose I might have thought that sleep comes under rest.
0: <laughs> and that yeah. Mars is something that if you put a Mars in the fridge, that's great. That is lovely. That when they, when you get a Mars out of the fridge and slice that into pieces, that is a lovely experience. Yeah, if,
1: for me, if I could have the the Mars bar from the fridge, but the caramel soft.
0: Oh, nice. It is quite... I'd say
1: that because that's what we do in the ox chalk with the caramel is softer. Is it? We have to make it softer, yeah, but it's too difficult on, uh, to do it on a mass... Um, do you remember we filmed, we filmed on one of the lines of Mars, production lines, yeah. and you, you see it, it, it's quite incredible to do that, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, in, the, in those quantities, you know, there, there are things that you just... Uh, to make stuff in those numbers... You have to try and get, you know, the best of all worlds, so to speak, as opposed to trying to get the best out of every single layer. You know, you've got a lot of a lot of complications and hurdles to get over when you're making it
0: in those quantities. Those factories I always found really stunning. I remember when we filmed in the uh, Walls factory and we saw magnums being made. And it's just incredible. It's, it's, it's the sheer volume of these things being made. But like you said, there is still a level of quality to them where they're not, this is not firing yeah. out nonsense there's some really complex incredibly complex processes going on it
2: i was going to say but apparently apocryphally roger moore is always credited with inventing the magnum roger moore as in james bond roger moore the great roger moore yeah. sir roger moore <laughs> uh, apparently was eating used to love chalk ices and one day suggested to whoever he was having lunch with in monaco whether they lunch for these people uh to the ceo of of uh, walls why don't you put a stick on these things they're so difficult to eat and that's it how true I'm again that i know, that's <laughs> always... brilliant
0: i'm invoking roger moore every time i eat a magnum now eat a magnum roger moore said so i'll take that <laughs> okay so where are we so 1932 we got mars and then 1935 aero and kit kat arrows uh, are not complicated but clever right how how do they do that by the way do you know how they get the bubbles in the aero
1: Yes, I do. They they create, um, it's a bit like a bit like crunchier when you make a, a honeycomb. You heat stuff up and you've got something in it like bicarb or something that we, we under heat expands, the moisture expands and it creates bubbles. It's a little bit like a souffle, I suppose, in some respects. They do that. They might agitate the, 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 the chocolate mix at the same time. I don't know if at the beginning they, they, they did it in a vacuum, but certainly I got an inspiration from... Actually, there was a guy, a professor called Nicholas Curti, who um, was demonstrating, 1969, physicist in the kitchen. He demonstrated this at the Royal Institute once. Uh, he put a meringue in a, in a desiccator, which is a glass vessel that you attach a tube to, a bit like the reverse of pumping up a tyre. You suck the air out with a pump. And as you suck the air out, the egg whites rise like majestically they just expand into an incredible souffle but the trouble is because they're soft when you then uh, release the pressure the vacuum and the air comes back in, it collapses again but chocolate does chocolate within the kind of room temperature the temperature of a vacuum if you leave it long enough the chocolate will harden so you trap the bubbles and we spent several years developing this technique we use a vacuum oven so it looks like an oven but it, instead of putting heat in it you suck the air out and as you suck the air out the chocolate rises like a souffle and i, I remember once doing a, a search of perfection show for the bbc black forest gator and i wanted to put a layer of aerated chocolate but i wanted people to be able to do this at home because you can't ask people to buy a, a vacuum oven so we found one of those plastic bags that you put bed sheets in after you want to preserve the bed sheets or keep them in in good nick and you put them the sheet in this big sack and it's got a valve on the side and you attach your hoover your vacuum cleaner to the side of the bag turn it on it sucks the air out so the bag you shrink wrap um, you shrink wrap the bag around the sheet now with chocolate at the same time you actually the chocolate rises um, it was very difficult to do it in a in a in a in a plastic bag because the bag also shrinks and yeah. squashes the chocolate from rising. But if you do it in a in a vacuum oven or you can use a sous vide machine, it just you have to be very careful because you get too excited if you expand the chocolate too much and the bubbles, the bigger the bubbles get, the thinner the chocolate walls of the bubbles get. And eventually they'll burst and then the whole thing collapses and it's very disappointing. Um, but that So I have, a, I have a loving, loving, frustrated relationship with with, with Aero, and we've still got that as one of the pettifoggs. Aerated, aerated chocolate, a wonderful childhood memory for me as well. And nowadays, they even look at the shape of the chocolate bar. So if you want a chocolate bar to feel like it's more creamy and round, then then they've started making the chocolate bars. This is the work that Charles Spence actually did with them up with. Um, on this, make the chocolate bar uh, cubes instead of having corners. Make the corners rounded corners. Make them more curvy. Yeah, they and did this with dairy the milk, didn't they? Of the packaging. Yeah. 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 If you want to accentuate the creaminess, <clears throat> you don't think about creaminess being sharp. So make the shape a little creamier, which means a little round, more rounded. Whereas on a Kit Kat, actually, it's it's the crisp, the crispness of the Kit Kat. So you go into a Kit Kat, that tinfoil, you know, take a break. Remember that? Take a break. Yeah, and run your finger take down it, the tinfoil and Kat. snap have a break. it. Crack that snap so that the tinfoil itself is sort of, is crisp and then the snap of the chocolate is crisp and you've just taken a break.
0: Oh, I didn't think about that multi-sensory aspect of the chocolate bars, but of course it's everything, isn't it? That's why, you know, Mars is dark yeah. and blacks and... Gosh, yeah, and the crispiness of that. Well, interestingly, we had, uh, in 1936 and 1937, we had Maltesers uh, and Milky Bar. Now, Milky Bar, I would have always said was much earlier than that, because that feels quite a simplistic bar, um, and responsible for the most annoying yeah. kids advert forever.
1: With the, the Milky Bars are on me. Yeah. With the end- And the Milky Bar kid is strong and tough. <laughs> And only the best is good enough. <laughs> what is it? The creamiest chocolate? La, 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 la. I can't remember the rest of it. But The if, whitest bar. <laughs> the creamiest chocolate, the no. whitest bar. The white chocolate, I'd much prefer it when it's colder. And because it is, cause white chocolate is actually cocoa fat or cocoa butter as opposed to, because the ch- cocoa solids have been taken out, that's the, the bitter, crispy side of chocolate has been removed. Um, but that did give birth to one of my and we've spoken about this in a previous podcast, the Pink Panther Chocolate Bar. Which actually I think was a pink version of the Milky Bar. Uh-huh. And it was flavoured with this uh, compound called heck um called the flavored with this compound called foranul, which is the I think the closest thing the flavor world could could use to mimic strawberry. Although there was more foranul in, in meat and pineapple than there was in strawberry. Um but that the pink panther chocolate bar with a with the pink panther with a cigarette in a smoking cigarette in a long cigarette holder that's it. leaning resting on his tail yeah um yeah i don't even know they probably don't even sell those anymore
0: i didn't even think they, i don't even think they sell milky bars anymore maybe they do maybe i just that one never really worked for me as a it? It? it was seen again it was a bit like milky way it was seen very much a, a lightweight thing you could have without ruining your appetite Night. then we have a big long break uh, everyone take a break for the Second World War uh, and rationing following that. So it's not, we fast forward now till 1960 and then there's a bit of a frenzy. So 1960, Galaxy goes on sale. 1962, Topic. I mean, is that, I don't even, mm, I don't even that, uh, that shouldn't even be on the list yet. What is a topic?
1: That, that feels, I don't know. I, I, I think it, feel, it it's a topic. <laughs> it's a topic for discussion, which we don't know what it is. I think it might be a filling the gap chocolate bar. Yeah, we got a. They probably got to a point. I remember Roald Dahl saying this that that something like seven to eight of the still today biggest selling chocolate bars were created in this seven year period between the first and the second world war, and to break into that top ten or that top twenty, my God, is incredibly difficult because because it's not. It d- doesn't really matter to a certain extent what it tastes like. If you've grown up with something, you have such a nostalgic fond connection with that you're asking somebody to you know leave their what they've grown up with it's almost like a family member leave it and jump to this and I think there's some things like I think kinder have managed to broke it to break into that in into that sort of you know top list um but there have been many chocolate bars that have come and gone and probably many that have just sort of sat there as a general topic
0: yeah well that's a very that's a really good point because i'm looking at these ones in the 60s you have 60 is galaxy 62 is toffee topic 63 is toffee crisp and then 67 is twix now i suppose of all of those twix would be one of the ones that is kind of established as a kind of i'd suggest a great but still on this list around here and in 71 you've got yorkie double decker and lion bar None of these feel like the, they're all nice, but they're not the big hitters of the chocolate world, are they? Even though they've all come in this run in the 60s. So maybe that is that influence of the, the, the shadow of the 30s inventions.
1: Yes. But I wonder, and I don't think any of us know the answer to this, but when all human beings in their lives have adversity, we encounter situations where, that we would rather not encounter, but you could, you could either face them and moan about them, or you can use them as an opportunity to grow or, or a, a mixture of the two different things. And I, I just wonder, you know, this is following the, the, you know, the, 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 the radical damage of the First World War and rationing. You know, it's quite, quite, quite current. Uh, it's quite topical when we talk now about you know, COVID and certain redi- uh, restrictions, but we still don't know what it's like to be rationed where you can have a mouthful of one particular food you might like, maybe, you know, if you're lucky, once in the six months. The rationing was such a strong, powerful thing that I had no choice. But I wonder when that was, you could say that was culinary adversity. So I just, I just wonder how much influence the fact that, you know, off the back of, when there was a breathing space after the First World War, obviously realized there was a, another war coming along, but maybe boom now we've been caged up chocolate wise we've been caged up and now we're free so maybe creativity just exploded and then you know how do you match that incredible explosion of creativity so then it probably fades away a bit um you know i don't know the answer but i think it's very interesting the fact that you know that and it's been such a this is such an attachment um element to those chocolate bars and they probably seemed so incredibly radical at the time it was like a newfound area of edible excitement and adventure uh, that was handed down from generation you know
0: edible excitement is kind of how you think of it because it's so woven into our our childhood memories as well and we only have one more on this list Completely. the johnny come lately 1983 okay. whisper goes on sale which i think is one of the up there in one of the, be- the big the big leagues but very late in terms of the invention of chocolate bars is the whisper
1: i've only had it a couple of times i imagine i don't know why i imagine it's somewhere between an arrow and a flake and uh, what was that flake what was that they attempted to get rid of the crumbly damage of the flake and they created another
2: twirl twirl, twirl that's it twirl, twirl. Was... so it's a couple of things i was going to mention it, and it's a couple of things and I was going to ripple was the Galaxy version, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, I think they might have covered that
0: in, a, in, a, in chocolate. Interesting. Another one of those ones that I remember, but it's gone. Or if it's not gone, it's not, it's not up there anymore, is it? Yeah. just yeah. Also, Flakes, so much better in the context of an ice cream than actually as a chocolate bar. It's brilliant in a, in a, in a 99.
1: Yeah, I, yeah. And I think also it, it, the, the ice, the, 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 I think one of the things is the contrast. It doesn't, because that flaky chocolate gets cold and crispy and it doesn't absorb any of the moisture from the ice cream. Unlike, say, an ice cream sandwich with biscuits. So you accentuate the crunch. And I don't know if I, mean, I can make up loads of other justifications of why it, it works so well, but
0: it just does. Well, talking about making up justifications, we've actually that has flown by. We've finished our, our our chronological list, and I know there's going to be other chocolate bars out there. But I'm going to now push you, which is a tricky thing to do because I know context is so important. But if you could let, yep. if you could put together your top three, the three chocolate bars, are just purely your personal preference, out of that list.
1: Yeah, let's keep it to that list keep to because that list, if, you, yeah. if you say out of anything, then like then, then there's other things I'll put in. From that list, I would say. And this isn't in order, if I was to pick a top three, and I'm, I'm actually connecting, I have to justify what in, to, to myself, why I'm choosing these, because I can't say best or no, this is great. But ones that have such a sort of conjure great memories for me, for whatever reason, from my childhood, I would say Kit
0: Kat, Dairy Milk. Oh, Ooh, this is pushing you now, who's going to get the third spot? Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: so is yeah, this yeah, in yeah, reverse yeah. order well, I don't think this is, this is just the top three one. I said no order no, order, oh, no order No order.
0: so Kit Kat Dairy Milk cannot argue with either of those they have got to be in there yep I'm projecting a name oh. to you I wonder if you're going to pick up on it I'll run you through the list again we got Fry's Bar yeah run me through the list we've got Fry yeah. Bar Dairy yeah. Milk Toblerone Walnut yeah. Whip Flake mm-hmm. Milky Way mm-hmm. Crunchy mm-hmm. Snickers Freddo Mars Bar Aero Kit Kat Maltesers Milky Way Galaxy Topic, I mean, honestly. Toffee Crisp, Twix, Yorkie, Double Decker, Lion Bar and Whisper. Okay, maybe
1: three that I'll have to nail down. Tell me if this is one of your three. Aero, Flake, Toblerone.
0: What? You've changed your top three completely?
1: (laughs) No, the. These, I would choose my third one from those three.
0: Oh, I see. Right. <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Now, this is like So I'd have. To, why
1: am I, Toberone, I think got got more uh, higher up my list when I discovered the story. But that's not necessarily. I'm linking it to my childhood memory. So I'm gonna I'm gonna get rid of Toberone because it, that's a more. A recent discovery that enabled it to move up my list. Arrow and <laughs> Flake.
0: That, I would never have imagined they were getting in there.
1: Arrow's in there because of the bubbles and because how obsessed I got with the bubbles.
0: Bl- mint or plain? We've got no, plain,
1: plain mint
2: and orange, haven't you?
0: Plain. Oh, plain. Plain. Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: Oh. Uh, but I'm. I think. I think I might. I think I'm going to go for.
0: Hmm.
1: Actually. There's one I missed out. It'll be. It'll either be Flake or Mars Bar.
0: That's what I was projecting to you. I was thinking there's got. I think
1: it has to be Mars Bar.
0: It has to be Mars Bar. Isn't I it? think
1: it has to be. It has to be the Mars Bar.
0: It has that's to. That's the Mike Tyson uh, of uh, the chocolate yeah. world. It is the daddy.
1: <laughs> yeah. I has to. I think I regret it. If I if I had to live off three chocolate bars, and I'd taken Flake instead of uh, instead of Mars Bar. That's it. I'm, I'm going. I'm going Mars Mars Bar Kit Kat
0: and uh, dairy milk boom now I'm sure anyone out there listening is going to have strong opinions on this please do send them in we'd love to hear Heston's podcast at gmail.com or uh, at Heston's podcast on Instagram because I know this is usually personal preference but I think in terms of your top three Heston and a step through our chocolate history that was wonderful and I think Roldar was completely correct that's much more fun than learning about kings and queens yes Well, all that's just to say on our chocolate-filled episode is thank you, James, for all the facts. And thank you ever so much, Heston. That was wonderful. Uh, All we have to say now is goodbye, Heston. Goodbye, Jay. That was great. I just... My head's now
1: spinning with other options of chocolate bars. And...